Hey guys, Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor here doing a lunchtime podcast. Let's uh, hear some voicemails about some keys. Hey Tim, this is Ray Otis of Plundergrounds. I just listened to your episode on keys and really enjoyed it. My first thought was an illusory key to an illusory door. So the players find a door in one part of the dungeon that basically is just overlaid on a wall and it's an illusion. They can interact with it, but um, when they touch it, it kind of disappears or fades away. And when they uh, take their hands back, it comes back and, and behind it's just a blank wall. And somewhere else is an illusory key sitting on a pedestal and they have to figure out a way to pick it up um, because it's it's obviously in, in corporal. So they um, they have to find, they, I don't know if they have to become illusion themselves or whatever to pick it up, but once they unlock that door, then it allows them into a, an illusory room that has a real artifact in it. So it's kind of like a pocket dimension or something. Anyway, that was just my first idea. All right, that was Ray Otis from Plundergrounds. Did you hear what he said? <clears throat> Because all of us should be ripping off that idea and putting it into our next adventure. Because that's a cool idea. There was something similar to that in a Dragon Age adventure game. And uh, it was it's kind of strange. You had to, to, I don't know if it was a plane of existence or like is incorporeal, go ether. And, they, and, and, and uh, or the astral plane, I can't remember what it was. And. Uh, anyways, you, you basically had to pick up these things that were in different dimensions and combine them together so you could open up to the next door. So I think that's a brilliant idea. So um, just on a side note, too, guys, I was reading last night, B2, as I want to do. And again, I was starting to notice, I think it was the Minotaur room specifically. And I was reading about in... The same thing, he's got all these locked chests behind the secret door, but there's not a key on the Minotaur. And they don't say where the key is. So this has been an ongoing issue from the beginning of, of adventures, apparently. There's a there's a great lack of keys in the world, but an abundance of locks. Got some more voicemails? Let's keep them coming. Hey Tim, the Slayer with Follow Me and Die. Just listen to your latest episode. Thank you very much for the shout out. That's very wonderful, and uh, I really appreciate your thoughts on keys. And as you mentioned, I've got my PDF on locks and stuff like that with a few ideas in there. Um, not so much on keys, but a little bit. Um, I don't have a lot to add, but uh, again, thank you so much. Hi Tim, Arfed here. Uh, just been listening to your latest podcast uh, where you talked about keys uh, and it made me think about my own adventures and when I'm creating dungeons and things and uh, you're quite right, you know, some of these doors are locked uh, and you think, well, how's it locked from the outside and they're inside? Uh, so you have to come out, come up with some ideas and you think you have to sort of walk through the dungeons and make sure they make sense. Um, the other thing I was thinking is, similar with traps um, when you're designing traps people come up with these elaborate traps that you know destroy things or block off things or um, you know ruin ruin someone's day but how do they disarm them you know how do they disarm them if they're not coming from a, a certain direction or something so in theory a character should be able to find some of these traps and disarm them anyway food for thought keep up the good work 
Hey Tim, it's Che from Roleplay Rescue. Just wanted to say thanks for the shout out. Very pleased to support you on Patreon, man. It's it's no big deal. Um, and I like your stuff. It's kind of cool. So thank you. Um, also wanted to say thanks for giving us the key to keys because, yeah, that was interesting. You know what? I'm terrible at using them. Um, I very rarely put keys in my game. So I'm, I'm doing a new campaign right now. So I think I'm just going to go and add some keys to my dungeon. Cheers, Tim. All the best. So, guys, that was the triple threat. First, we had Larry Hamilton. And, again, don't forget about his PDFs on RPG Now. And one is specifically for locks and uh, key options in that. So, go take a look at that. And then we had Mr. Rfed, a.k.a. Darren Green, who uh, uh, is a regular call-in-er. And then Che Webster, my newest patron, patron. And uh, he's going to put more keys in his dungeon. It's just funny how, you know, after playing 40 years and all the people that, you know, it just never really noticed it till recently. I, you know, don't really have an explanation to it, but it's cool. Uh, one thing about like Ray's thing that he was saying, I, um, I want to go back to that, which I think is interesting is it's one of those situations where you can kind of create a problem with the key. And I, and I kind of did something last night in game. I'll get to that in a little bit. But here you've got the situation where the keys are phased and the door is phased. And they might not even be in the right, you know, different levels of phase. Where a GM can actually just create a situation slash problem but not have the solutions there. So, you know, sometimes you probably do. I don't usually unless it's something specific. But... Uh, I let the players, those, those, those other people who sit on the other side of the screen, who talks amongst themselves, they can figure it out. And then I will sit there and judge them on whether it works or not. And uh, what kind of ideas that they come up with. Just fun stuff like that. Because uh, the players are usually going to come up with stuff you never even thought of. And sometimes having a specific solution is not a great idea. Because if they don't come up with it, then the adventure sort of comes to a screeching halt. The Probably the funnest situations, in a way, is when they succeed solving the problem, but something still bad happens. You succeed, but, you know, kind of situation. Last night, the players are... They were going down into this, this dungeon section, and they're... They're trying to figure out how to find or access this artifact of the, the Northmen. And they found these pillars that are highly decorated. And just seeing if there was anything in there. Well, there there is a little bit. And I kind of just wrote it up just slightly that the, that the, the two pillars, and they're two separate rooms. But they're still connected in a way where you need to be able to manip manipulate both of the pillars... For something to for for something to happen so basically they have to manipulate something on one pillar but it doesn't look like anything happens like pushing a button and nothing happens so it doesn't look like anything happened to them and then they have to go to the second pillar and again it doesn't look like anything happened they might hear something whatever but they don't realize after they push both of those little things on the pillar 
uh, door in a third location is actually now unlocked because of that. So, kind of, uh, I guess you could call those keys in a way. And I guess anything that opens up something could be considered a key. But, uh, our Fed brings up a good uh, point about traps, too. I think traps could definitely get a little bit more love than keys do. There's so many things written about traps, so many supplements. So you have a lot more resources to develop traps and make them interesting. But I think it's very important to make it, have them make sense. Um, if you have a, like a hundred foot pit when you're coming through the door, well, you know, if there's somebody who lives in there, what are they going to do? I mean, you, you want some sort of locking, maybe some sort of safety, some place where there's some to lock up the trap or disengage it or whatever. So that way... Whoever lives there, who knows it's there, can disengage it, but then reset it for any intruders. Uh, but there's some traps that kind of don't make sense, where you you know you have a two-ton block that falls down or whatever. That's kind of a one-time tra trap and doesn't make a lot of sense in a way because once it's set or done or set set off, it's done. You know, there's nothing else you can do with it, and pretty much whatever you had on the other side of it, it's pretty much screwed unless you get somebody with a you know stone of flesh spell. I know like that when I was I'm developing this one um, adventure and basically when you come in, it's an arrow trap. It's, it's a very simple pressure plate, boom, arrow right in the front type thing. And I think, I don't know if it's the only trap in there. I think it is the only mechanical trap, I should say. But it's an old trap because it's an old place. So even if you step on it, it doesn't mean it's going to get set off. So there's like a two and six chance that it'll get set off. Uh, or or it'll malfunction or something. So I, I think it's good to have those traps fit the dungeon or adventure that you're in. You know, you could have all your Ewok traps where, you know, you're swinging by and two logs squish your head or whatever. You know, the, the more, I don't know what you call, gravity traps type things. So, but yeah, you, you just got to find out what works best for you. But hopefully it makes sense for your adventure and your adventurers. And... Um, but like I said, there's a lot of resources out there. I mean, Grimtooth traps are interesting read, but oh boy, using them, I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody who's ever used them. They're just too convoluted, but they are fun to read. All right, guys, I am out of here. I hope you guys have a good night. Get a game on. I got a game coming tonight too. Roll better than me, and we'll talk to you soon.